0: Morning First Baptist Church, a little different scenario here. The weather men were right. We got eight inches of snow, so we're not live. One of the good things about COVID is we figured out how to go online, and so we get to be with you uh, today, and I uh, hope this goes well. This is the first time I've ever done this, uh, so uh, if there's problems, blame Brad irons. All right, as we start this morning, I just want to pray. Oh, Father, help us. Help us in this world of need and brokenness and darkness to be the light you've called us to be. Lord, I pray for those folks who are far from you, those pre-Christians who have not yet placed their faith in you. I pray for those people on our WICOS cards who are prodigals and are running from you, maybe see this online on our website, just kind of passing through however you deem to um, provide it for them and ask you, Lord, to use the truth of your word and the the whole story of reality to change lives. Lord, help us as we uh, declare your truth today. May it be done in such a way that it's received and not just received, but, but planted in people's hearts and then bear fruit in their lives. Help us be doers not just hearers of your word today. It's in your name, your power. We pray, Jesus. Amen. I'm so glad you've joined us today. As we as we think about um, walking through the scripture, this whole year we're starting a new sermon series called The Whole Story of Reality, and it's based upon a walk through the whole story of, of the Bible. and we're, Today we're beginning, last week we looked at the source and we looked at, at just some things the Bible says about itself, how uh, it's inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for uh, rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God or the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we're walking in that some more. If you um, would like To pick up some resources, we have a couple of them, uh, Bible reading plans for uh, 2021. It's not too late to get started. Um, One is a a bright um, green sheet and the other is a bright orange sheet there in our foyer at at the church. But if you can't get there uh, this week and need them delivered, we'd love to deliver them. Please call the church at 592-3130 and we will bring those reading plans to you also want to encourage you uh, to read the, the Jesus Storybook Bible that uh, we have available, especially young families. It, it will uh, have a good overview of the, the whole story of reality, the scripture. And then if you are a techie, I'm not much of one, but I'm enough of one to know how to make this work. Go to esv.org, that stands for English Standard Version.org, and you can download uh Bible there, and in that download, there are also Bible reading plans. We're using the McChain uh, Bible reading plan and the, the Story of Redemption Bible reading plan from the dot org app, so I'd encourage you to go there, and that would also help you in your journey through this. I've heard a story uh, this week about, it comes from J.D. Greer, about a, a fellow who was reading through the Bible. He was a young a Chinese grad student and had just uh, recently come to know Christ. He had never even heard about Jesus before, so his college pastor in North Carolina gave him a copy of uh, the Bible, Mandarin and uh, English version of the Bible. He goes home on Christmas break in, in China and begins to read and reads in Genesis 17 about about circumcision, the verse specifically uh, says something like this, the sign of the covenant between me and you is that you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And so this guy, he calls him Lee, believed that that was um, the first step of obedience for him in his uh, new relationship or a step of obedience for him. And so that morning, he reads it that afternoon, he he's in the doctor's office in China and gets uh, circumcised, and he texts his college pastor that evening. Said the deed is done. Now, a couple of words about that. First of all, that what a great level of commitment. He thought that was a step of obedience and faith, and so he he took that next step. We all have to be looking at what's the next step for us. But the the second thing I want you to say about it, or to say about that is you can. Uh, take some missteps. It's possible to misunderstand the Bible, and that's why we want to do it uh, together as a church. I hope it's not quite as painful for you uh, as it was for Lee. And by the way, if you have questions about circumcision, remember uh, you can talk to Ricky Galvan about that uh, anytime you you need questions cleared up, you or or your children. So please uh, don't hesitate to call on him. But but as we think about Reading through the Scripture, we know that there are—we've uh, we, obtained little bits and shards of Bible knowledge over the year, but we want to look at it as a whole unit, as the whole story of reality, the whole story of redemption. And so today we begin that task, and I want to read a just a portion of it to you. Actually, the first three verses. Of Genesis 1, that'll be our primary text today, and so Genesis 1, uh, beginning with um, verse 1 and going through uh, verse 3, it's a familiar text to many of us who've been believers for some time, it may be, may be new to you if you're catching us online, but here's what it says, here's the foundation of the story, it's where we start, in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. I just want to elaborate on those verses a a little bit. But before we get there, I want to share uh, with you on Christmas Eve, 1968, astronaut Frank Borman from the Apollo 8 spacecraft orbiting the moon read that passage to the people of Earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 25 years later, Mormon reminisced and said, I had an enormous feeling that there had to be a power greater than any of us, that there was a God, that there was indeed a beginning, and that maybe even our choosing to read from Genesis wasn't a haphazard thing. Maybe it had been ordained in some way. I think so. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can you imagine that scene? Orbiting that earth, reading those words, and getting a perspective on the creation of everything. And we'll talk about that beginning in just just a moment. Uh, a fellow named Vaclav um, Havel was the president of the Czech Republic, and in his remarks receiving the Liberty Medal in Philadelphia at the Independence Hall on July the 4th, 1994, he said these words. Politicians and international forums may reiterate a thousand times that the basis of the new world order must be universal respect for human rights. But it will mean nothing as long as this imperative does not derive from the respect of the miracle of being, the miracle of the universe, the miracle of nature, the miracle of our existence, the Declaration of Independence, he says, adopted 218 years ago from that moment in that building. Independence Hall states that the Creator gave man the right to liberty. It seems man can realize that liberty only if he does not forget the one who endowed him with it. The creator is the one who's given us freedom. Our system of government does not function like it was designed uh, to function without God. And we're seeing the repercussions of that. We've got to have the Christian values and morals of our founding fathers for our government to even work, for us to even exist uh, in this state of democracy, in this republic of the United States of America. We need to remember that it is the Creator who has endowed us with that, that liberty. So as we look at those things want to just unhash this uh, passage. In the beginning. The beginning of what? It wasn't the beginning of God. God already existed. Was it the beginning of of history? Yes. Was it the the beginning of creation? Was it the beginning of of mankind? All of those things is true. It's the beginning of time and, and space and matter. But it was the beginning of the story. Of redemption, the story of reality, and so God starts in the beginning, and then we see before that creation took place that God's already there in before the creation. There's there's God. Now you said, well, well, duh. Of course, someone had to had to do that. But our story as Christians is unique and. Among the stories of the origin of the universe, we understand that as we we think about um, what God did and who God is, that He was doing all of that of His own accord, of His uh, His own free will and ability. Here is what Isaiah forty four says about this. This is what the the Lord says: Your Redeemer and Your Creator. He says, "I am the Lord." Who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? Question mark. Who was with God when when he made the earth? It, it's God who did that. Now, there are two um, different camps about the origin of creation. One is creationism, that God did it, and that's what we would hold to as Christians. And the other is is naturalism, or some have, have labeled it Darwinism, or um, evolution, those kind of things. And, and the, the premise of that is that all all time and space and matter were were crushed into a, uh, a particle. And then uh, the most common theory of this is that it, that that miraculously somehow that particle exploded. We call it the the Big Bang Theory. And and then all of what was needed for life comes from that Big Bang for the universe and for uh, planet Earth. Well, if there was a Big Bang, there had to be a Big Banger. There had to be someone who compressed and crushed all of that together. Uh, Some would say, there's no need for a transcendent being. There's no need for God in the story, but I would disagree, and I think most of you who are watching that would disagree, too. So one of the big questions of the beginning of creation is how do we uh, have in proper relationship a science and scripture and all all sorts of things that science brings in the billions of years of, of history, if you're... Uh, a scientist, how do you, we equate that with, with what's recorded in the scripture? Well, I would say, and we can't get into all of it at this moment, I would say they complement one another. That they go together. That there are explanations scientifically for the story of reality, and there are explanations uh, biblically for the, the whole story of reality, and they, they, they don't contradict that complement one another. But here's what I want you to know too, is that when we don't understand some things in, in science and Scripture uh, might be in conflict, that Scripture is authoritative on our lives as Christians. That we follow what the Scripture says until uh, those controversies or those conflicts are resolved. And and so we, we look at the, the things of of faith, as a greater sense of reality, because the book of Genesis and these these beginnings are, are not just uh, history, although they they are they're actual events that that took place, but they're the the story, the story we find ourselves in, the story of God, the story of redemption. So God is there, but we also see something else in these verses that, that God created. Every time we see that word created in the scripture, God is, is always the subject of that verb because he's the one that makes something out of nothing. And the focus is not on the material. The focus is on the product, what he makes, because the material God creates as well. He creates something out of nothing. is that a wonderful concept? He's still doing it. You may think I'm I'm nothing and in the grand scheme of the universe. On one hand, we we just stand in awe that uh, we are so inconsequential as a single human being compared to all the other humans in all the earth and all the universe and, and all the galaxies that are out there. And yet, on the other hand, we're so valuable. And God sent his one and only son to save us. He came into this world not to condemn us but to save us. Not to rub our sin in but to rub it out in every individual human life, yours included, mine included, matters to him. So we see that even before creation, God is there and it's God's universe, God's creation. He's a, a personal being and, and that the other aspect of that, if he created it all, he made it all. If you make something, it belongs to you. So it all belongs to him and we are just stewards of what he has given us in these moments. And one of the great stewardship principles we have is that of love, and his love. And we see that even before creation. You know who's loving before creation? As we look at this passage, we see in the beginning, God, the Father, is the one creating, and and we see the Spirit of God is hovering, and that is kind of like a a mother bird or a mother hen hovering over her, her chick's, just kind of protecting and providing for them. That's what the Spirit of God is doing in this passage at the beginning of Scripture in the foundation. So we got God the Father creating, God the, the Spirit hovering. Where's God the Son, the second person of the Trinity? Well, did you notice? God said, let there be light. There's God the Son. He's the word, the word creates. So here's how John writes it in his gospel, in the beginning, sound familiar? The word, talking about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything. Through him, and nothing was created except through him. So we've got that great principle of the Trinity right there from the beginning. Later on in chapter one, it says, let us create man in our own image. And I view that as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we look at the the Trinity, their love for one another exists even before Creation and God has created us as an overflow of that love. He didn't need us. He doesn't need us now. He's perfect in and of himself. But He wanted to create us to demonstrate His love, to show His love, to pour out His love on us, and wants us to pour that out on other folks as well. That's the value of the church. That's what our call is. That's why uh, being apart even today on a snowy day is hard because it's hard to do the one another's uh, when you're in isolation. Proverbs 18, one says, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. We need the Lord first, but we need each other. How do you encourage one another and support one another and bear one another's burdens and, and pray for one another and just generally love one another. And you can do that even in this pandemic uh, separately, uh, individually, but we do that best when we, when we gather. So as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable, as soon as you get the vaccine or as soon as uh, whatever it is that uh, will allow you to open back up to, to gather. And I'd encourage you to do that. Many of you have already, like I have, had COVID. And so uh, we're safer now than we were before because of the antibodies that our wonderfully uh, created bodies have built up. And so I would encourage you find a way to love uh, through this pandemic because that's part of this story from the very beginning. Something else I, I want you to see here is that as God creates us in to experience his love, that there's nothing quite like his love that will, will satisfy us. Blaise Pascal, a great philosopher and mathematician, said it, it this way, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied. By any created thing but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ you get that this god-shaped vacuum whole void that's what was going on even in creation the what what God did he he created out of of that environment that was was void and formless. It was a, a empty wasteland, and God spent time making it a productive land. The first three days of creation are all about that. The second three days are about inhabiting that now inhabitable universe. And, and God in us has created that void where nothing else in all of creation. And fill the void that he's left for himself. We try to fill it with family. We try to fill it with success. We try to fill it with stuff. We fill it with busyness. But nothing in all creation can fill it except God himself. Augustine said it this way. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. Specifically, it says, Thou hast made us for Thyself. He created us, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in Thee. So, as you think about what's going on there, the final thing I want to show you is that creation began with the words, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be light. And there was light. So you know what, what was existed there? It was darkness. We think of darkness and we think about evil. We see that all around us. But there's something more here than just evil because there's nothing yet. There's, there's a sense of ambiguous emptiness in the universe. And God, God feels that with light. And Jesus is going to come to be the light of the world. The, the next part of John 4, I mean John 1, verses 4 through 5, about the word, it says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. It's not just the evilness of our world, but that's the ambiguity. You know, people say, well, I'm in the dark on that. That means they just don't know. They don't have the information they need uh, in order to live the life God created them to live. That's our responsibility. As Jesus calls us to be the light of the world and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness. Verse five, John one, verse five, can never. Extinguish it. Can I speak just a moment to you? In applying all of this from Genesis one, who are you lied to? How are you experiencing um, God to the point where you uh, know that He is the reason you are created? experience his love and to share his love and share his story of redemption and forgiveness and to just live in his kingdom with him as king ruling and reigning help folks and you can help folks most by being the light he's called us to be thanks so much for being with us today I hope you have gained from this a brief sermonette. And I hope you'll share it and the link with other folks. But more than that, the light that God's called you to be, Christian. In your holy name we we pray, Father, lead us. Let us shine for you and